Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU's Tiger-like redemption story. Hey, maybe there really is something to this whole BYU Tigers situation. What kind of assistance does BYU Hoops need, and does Steve Cleveland feel like the Cougars need an impact transfer? And what did the world of BYU sports look like the last time Tiger Woods won the Masters? We're going way back. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tax Day! Monday, April 15th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with procrastinating tax specialist, Jerem Jordan. Typically, my wife and I do our taxes. I say my wife and I, she typically does them. She's awesome. Uh, Pretty early. We did them yesterday. So, got it in! Hey, just uh, make sure that uh, you get that return coming back so you can go on vacation this summer. Yeah, it's a deadline, right? What is it called? A live line. It's like Carl Malone, Jimmy Kimmel as Carl Malone. Remember, why do they call it diabetes? Shouldn't they call it liver beaties? Don't give people no hope. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a good joke. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel and Carl Malone have uh, quite the relationship. Yeah, the man show back in the day. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup. Loaded Monday. Steve Cleveland, former BYU head basketball coach, joins us to explain what it's like for a guy like Mark Pope to build a program, specifically at BYU. And... A guy who's making a case as the best freshman on campus at BYU all season, Davide Gardini, Gardini. joins us after BYU's first road win in conference and in California. More importantly, in the MPSF quarterfinals, survive in advance. That said, here are your Monday BYUSN headlines. Like I was saying, Davide Gardini had 23 kills. And a career-high five aces to lead BYU men's volleyball in that first-round win at Stanford. A five-set thriller. Cougars' next matchup at Pepperdine on Thursday. BYU softball finally played a home game, and they won all three versus Pacific and League play with wins of 10-2, 11-8, and 11-1, two of those seen on BYU TV. Riley Jensen went 5-for-10 in the three games, four RBIs and a home run. And Arissa Paulson hit a walk-off Grand Slam in Game 1 of the series. Bases loaded, only one out in the bottom of the sixth. Paulson, this might end the game! Back to right center field, Grand Slam! Put it in the books, BYU wins 10-2! That eight-run rule is awesome. The Cougars host the fighting Mark Madsons of Utah Valley tomorrow at 8 Eastern. BYU baseball beat Pepperdine 4-2 on Friday night but dropped the final game of the three-game series 7-0 on Saturday at Miller Park. Cougars take the series two games to one despite Saturday's setback. The Batcats now open a three-game series against Washington this week in Seattle beginning on Thursday. Washington's lost 10 of the last 11. Go up there and take that series. Let's go. An honorary Cougar, Tony Finau, finished tied for fifth at the Masters, shooting 11 under. Finau was in the final group Sunday with Tiger Woods, who won, if you've been under a rock, shooting 13 under for the tournament. 2003 champion, former Cougar Mike Weir, failed to make the cut. Finau has now finished top 10 in five different major championships. He's going to get one at He's some knocking point. on the door. Yeah. Yep, it's only a matter of time. I couldn't tell. Are you a Tony Finau fan? I am, Jerem. <laughs> I think I we all are, right? He's an honorary Cougar. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Well, that's one way to end the debate. Tiger Woods is back. And winning. What a story. 11 years between major championships, 14 years between Masters titles. He's now finished top 10 in his last three majors and, of course, has yesterday's iconic victory. That got our BYU mental wheels spinning. Jerem, what is the greatest redemption story in the world of BYU sports? There are a lot of great ones. And right now, there's kind of a movement on campus, you know, with the honor code and whatnot. And so I think this is appropriate that we see someone that came back chose to leave school, came back, and set a bunch of notable records, and that man is Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, in August of 2015, suddenly dropped out of school. And the reason was unknown and took some time to to take care of whatever he needed to take care of off, off the field. Came back in 2016 and set three notable records in BYU history. First off, he had 1,375 yards, almost six yards of carry, 12 touchdowns. He became the one all-time rushing leader with 3,901 yards. The two single-game rushing leader against Toledo, 286 yards, five touchdowns in that game. Great game. Kareem Hunt was in that game, by the way. And a three-bowl record, 210 rushing yards against Wyoming to finish a nine-win season. Jamal Williams and that redemption story was awesome. He later is drafted. By the Packers, he's headed into his third year in the league. He could have left BYU and said, you know what? Enough with this honor code. Enough with the school. And he came back, and he's uh, one of the greatest players in BYU history. He tags a lot of his social media posts with the hashtag loyalty is everything. He's a firm believer in that. And we asked him, why come back to BYU? And he said, I wanted to finish what I started here. I'm big on loyalty, and man, did it pay off. I feel like my selection for the answer to this question is along the lines of Jamal Williams, and I'm going with the basketball side, Brandon Davies. You want to talk about a difficult scenario? Rewind to 2011, Brandon Davies gets into trouble at BYU and then has to sit out while he watches Jimmer Fredette and the rest of his team go on this Sweet 16 run and wondering, what if? What if I were still playing? How would things have been different? Dude could have gone a lot of places and finished out his career. People would have been very happy to accept Brandon Davies and say, yeah, yeah, don't worry about the honor code. Come back. Come play for us. Come do great things here. But he, too, wanted to finish what he started, and he took BYU back to the NCAA tournament his senior year and then plays games in the NBA for the Philadelphia 76ers, is crushing it across the seas right now. Brandon Davies, to me, is the perfect example of a redemption story at BYU and a guy that really faced a ton of scrutiny but always handled himself with such class. I just appreciated his even-keeled demeanor and the way he went about his business, and he chose to stay at BYU despite the scrutiny and the criticisms and the judgments. He finished at BYU, class dude. Love to see him succeeding right now. Yeah, they ended up going on the NIT Final Four run all the way to the championship his senior year. So they did something notable. Sorry, he was a sophomore in yeah. 2011, right? Yeah. Yeah. In 2012, came, came back. Yeah. they went to the NCAA yeah, tournament. Exactly. Yeah. Peoria Hoops has its head coach and Mark Pope, of course, who told us last week he hopes to have his assistant coaches within three weeks. So, Spencer, what characteristics are you looking for in those assistants? Uh, not a surprise, recruiting. Uh, you need guys that can recruit like Mark Pope because recruiting is the lifeblood of any program. And I want assistants that will help 
keep good BYU players potentially at BYU with player development because there's always this idea that, hey, if you go to the NBA or try to go to the NBA early or try to go play professional early, you'll get better faster because you're not worried about school. And you got an agent and you've got professional people all around you. You, you can get If they can get assistance that can kind of, uh, I don't know, defend against that, I think that's probably the wrong word, but take away from that Offend. rhetoric. Take away from that rhetoric where it's like, hey, we can develop you just like those guys can here. So I want Mark Pope to get guys that, yes, can recruit and then with player development can encourage guys to stay at BYU so that there's not such a stark contrast between going pro and staying here and feeling like you're not getting better fast enough. Yeah, one recruiting, two player developer, three X's and O's. Those are the three things that we need. And you're right, recruiting. you got to get good players in here. But it's not enough. Think about the, the crew, and I've said this a few times. It's not just that you had Eric Mika and uh, you know Elijah Bryant and your other shots. You had Peyton Dastrup. You had Jake Toulson. You had Jordan Chapman. That's a team that's like Sweet 16 good, right? Like if you keep all those guys and they gel and your ninth best player is a starter on another team kind of deal, that's when you can challenge Gonzaga for a league championship, perhaps. But if not, you get into the dance and you do some damage so you yeah you're absolutely right you've got to be able to keep those players um and and it's perhaps a player wants to leave regardless i don't know i think we look around and go well no one else is doing this so it must be a systematic problem here and it probably is but yeah you got to get players you got to keep them and then x's and o's you got to have uh a guy or guys that know how to drop stuff that works because we know that coaching is a huge influence it's not just I – think, I think we probably overvalue and undervalue coaches and the role of players. It's hard to know what leads to exact success in certain moments. But when you can have a coach come in and uh, a group believes and they work harder and they execute and they pay the price in whatever other term you want to say, then, then you get out on the field. And now, now you're more than just a group of guys going for the same thing. Now you've got greater purpose – and in the offseason, you're putting in the work. That's the kind of thing that is needed. And BYU on the court has got to make some differences. But the real differences that change programs do not happen in the game. They happen outside of the game, well before the game's played. We expect that Mark Pope will have his assistant coaches announced sometime around early May. So give it a couple of weeks. He told us last week, three weeks from the day he got hired, which would be the first week of May. Who knows? Maybe BYU will surprise us, and it'll be a little bit earlier than that, but I doubt it. And Mark Matson was hired at Utah Valley, so he really wanted to be a, a head coach, right? And didn't get the BYU job, but got a job down the road, which perhaps in future years so what does benefits that mean? BYU in yeah. some capacity. What does that mean as for BYU? Mark Pope did four years later. Interesting stuff. We talked about the freshman, Davide Gardini, he had a weekend, 23 kills in that NPSF quarterfinal upset of Stanford, career-high five aces in that match. Gardini might be the BYU freshman of the year. So, Jerem, let's throw his name into the mix. Who deserves that incredible title of BYU freshman of the year? There's some really good ones, really good ones. But I'm going to go with a, a guy that didn't necessarily have the greatest statistics, although some were good. He changed the way we feel about a program. And that's Zach Wilson, okay? The, ah. the number one most powerful emotion is love. To me, number two is hope. Zach Wilson gave the fan base and gives the fan base hope 
that one, BYU can beat Utah. Two, that it can do something that matters. Okay? He's given the program hope. His bowl performance was tremendous. Okay? He put BYU in position to win against Boise State and Utah. Didn't get that done, but we liked what we saw, right? Moral victories. He started the last seven games. Yes, BYU went four and three. But what we saw out of him leads us to believe that BYU is looking at good things, okay? His passing efficiency was 157. He didn't have enough volume to qualify, but nationally, had that qualified, that would have been 13th in the country, Mm. right behind Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. Yards per attempt, that matters, 8.7. Five rushes of 20-plus this year, gained 379 yards. Good rusher. I think we all are very excited about the future because of his right arm and those two legs, okay? Zach Wilson is the freshman of the year. You know I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in the power of hope. It but won I, Barack Obama an election. Like, that idea was powerful, right? But I know that you are more about performance-based results than you are about the power of hope. Okay, you can say it, you can feel good about it, but show me. I'm looking at fu- the future for show Zachary. Me. If Zach had beaten Utah, <laughs> if Zach had beaten Utah to close out the regular season, I would 1 million percent agree with you. Freshman of the year. In fact, if he beats Utah at any point in his career, he, he won the first three quarters. What are you talking about? He will go World down. Uh, he will go down as the guy that ended the streak. Everybody will remember Zach Wilson is the man that ended the losing streak to you, Utah. That became the Cougar that okay. ended the yes, streak. Yes, like that is his amazing story. If and I think when he beats Utah at some point. I think he's going to do it. But in terms of performance-based freshman deserving of this honor, it's got to be Shaley Gonzalez. She was incredible. She changed the entire dynamic of the BYU women's basketball team as a freshman. Jeff Judkins came in early in the season and said, I knew we were going to have a special team when Shaley committed to me, and I saw her play for the first time in practice. She's just at a different level. Second highest scoring freshman in the country. Scored 32 points in BYU's second round NCAA tournament game against the two-seed Stanford on Stanford's home floor. Shot 35% from the free th- or from the three-point line. Gonna free throw, that's terrible. 45% from the field. <laughs> she was a stat-stuffing machine. Shaley Gonzalez is the best player on BYU's women's basketball team as a freshman. First team, all-West Coast Conference performer. Not surprisingly, the best freshman in the league. She did it all, and it's just beginning. So if we're going off of performance-based results, she did it. She earned this as the freshman of the year, in my opinion. Our question of the day. You tell us, who is BYU's freshman of the year and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Brian Yazzie 6 on Twitter. Many wonderful freshmen to choose from this year, but you have to give it to the National Freshman of the Year, oh. Heather Knighting. Ooh, we missed a big one. I'm going to change my answer now. <laughs> I believe everything I said about Zach, but Heather Knighting was on a Final Four team. Oh, absolutely. A valuable I, part of the Final I, Four team. I've officially changed my pick. Like I, <laughs> I agree with everything I said, duh, about Zach Wilson. I think Shaley Gonzalez is amazing. I think Davide Gardini is amazing. I, th- I think there were a lot of really good freshmen. I love the juice that these recruits brought in. And we just talked about Mark Pope and the assistants recruiting. Hey, the, that's what it is. You have to bring in great players. I'll take talent over heart a lot. But if I can get 
decent talent. Like, mm-hmm. I'll take BYU's three stars over the average four star. Yeah. I, I will. Because you get a guy that has a certain work ethic, maybe has paid the price in his life in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. I'll t- frankly, I want all types of people, okay? And, and there's a certain type that comes to BYU, but you need lots of types to make a great team. Now, nothing against Heather Knighting because she was incredible. Yeah, she was the National Freshman of the Year. But she came into a situation that was already in a really, really, really good place. But they went up two games. BYU women's basketball was way off the radar. Shaley Gonzalez brought them back into national prominence. Like the jump for BYU women's basketball, greater than the jump for BYU women's volleyball. Because women's volleyball has already been at that level. They've already been at the Sweet 16 level. But Heather Nighting, man. They went to a I know. Final four, it's, a great, it's a great answer. Final four greater I, than second round. I, well, I'm giving <laughs> what team, got, what team improved yeah. the most yeah. is what, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And maybe Zach Wilson is that guy to help BYU improve the most this fall. Three whole games. Yeah, maybe they go three more games. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, former Cougar head coach Steve Cleveland explains what it's like to take over the BYU basketball program. And what is the most important thing a head coach needs in terms of qualifications for his assistants and the things that they bring to the table? This is BYU Sports Nation. Fire the Death Star. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fresh off a three-game sweep of Pacific, BYU softball hosts Utah Valley tomorrow on BYU TV Digital at 8 Eastern time. We're live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Great to have you with us. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland, the man who knows a thing or two about rebuilding a program. He took over the BYU basketball team after a 1-25 in campaign. Steve, now it's Mark Pope's job, though he inherits a 19-win team. Five days later, what do you think of his hire for BYU basketball? Uh, it's a great fit. It's a great fit, and uh, he kind of marks all the boxes. I mean, he's a, a known commodity. He was at BYU for four years. He's been a head coach for four years. He's got a pedigree. Uh, from the NCAA tournament to the NBA, relationship with people around the country. And he's just got a really high-energy personality and someone that everybody's going to love. So it's a great hire and a great fit. Now he has the task of hiring assistants. Walk us through what's that like, what that is like since you did this at uh, several different schools, two notable D1s in BYU and Fresno State. You're the guy. How do you find your assistants? Well, you usually through relationships that you've had over the years, the people that you've gotten to know, people that think like you do, people that have the same goals that you have, people that have relationships with coaches, other coaches, and uh, guys you know that have relentless work ethics, people that are motivated, self-motivated, that you know that, you know, those, all of those things come into it. Oftentimes, sometimes you may hire someone that you're very close to as a friend. Other times, there may be people that you don't really even know, but that process is important, and it's the most important thing that they're doing right now. And then I, from what I could hear and understand, it sounds like Mark's down the road with it. He had really good assistants at UVU. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them come over. But uh, it's something you got to get right at because you can't do this by yourself. This is a big decision, too, Steve, because you're literally going to hang out with these people more than your own family, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember my, my my first four or five months, it was Dave Rose and I staying at the Marriott Courtyard, staying in the same room for three and a half months while his family and my family were getting ready to relocate. And, uh, yeah, these are going to be some of the closest people that you'll ever 
be with the rest of your life. Outside of your wife and your kids, uh, you're going to spend more time with them than you actually are to your family for a while. How was Dave as a roommate for three and a half months, Steve? Uh, he was good. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need to make we, his we bed, got, right? We were only there for like uh, you know an hour or so every day, and then we were gone and get back late at night and just kind of fall asleep. But we did get to know each other well, and Dave wasn't a, a close friend. He wasn't somebody I knew, but after living with him for six months, you know, you get to know everybody pretty well. So it, it was great. How long is the process? And for that matter, what's the process like when you sit down and you're compiling lists, pros and cons, when you're trying to solidify the inner circle part of your basketball family? Well, I, I mean, I think that he, that's, they're down the road. I, I heard a comment that he's way down the road on that. I mean, I think when you start thinking about being involved in jobs, even before you get a job, you've already in your mind figured out, okay, who would I want as assistant? Who are the people? Because he's been a, a Division One head coach for four years, has worked other places and met a lot of people, you have a short list. And uh, I would think that a couple of, uh, you know, whether it's a Chris Burgess or Cody Huger, I mean, people that he's been working with for four years at UVU, I would be surprised if they're not at the top of that list. But I don't know. And, and I haven't spoke to him. But those are people that he's comfortable with. I've been with him and his staff at UVU. I spent time with him, watched him practice. And uh, if you already have what you need, there's no reason to go out and look for something different. I, I think that uh, you, you've got to be compatible on a lot of different levels. But more than, more than anything, you want guys that have really, really strong work ethics that uh, are not afraid to share their opinions. I don't think you want to surround yourself with guys who just agree with everything. Guys that have ideas and thoughts and in closed meetings are willing to talk about things that need to be better. Uh, and then that relationship of trust is really, really important. People that you can trust, people of integrity that you know are all in and uh, going to know that the team comes first and we're going to build something together. And it's not about who gets credit. It's just about doing it together and, uh, I think he's met enough people along the road that this will be a pretty quick hiring process. I mean, I know there's a process within BYU that will take some time, but I would be shocked if he already hasn't have his staff together and knows who exactly he wants there. His number one job is to keep the team he's got or at least evaluate them in that way. Um, what, what's it like, Steve, when you come into a program and you see what you have in terms of players and then you, you decide what you want and then those players decide the same thing if they want to stay on the team? It's not easy. That transition is not easy. And I think the thing that Mark has going for him is that he probably knows most of these players pretty well. He probably was even involved in the recruiting of some of them a long time ago. So the fact that Mark is a known commodity, that he knows the program here at BYU and has interacted and probably had him in his gym in the summer and he's been around, uh, will make the process easier. But I think it's, you're kind of going to programs where you're, you know, you're kind of reconciling short-term needs with long-term goals. And, you, you know, you want to evaluate the players and who can help. I mean, it's a difficult thing to all of a sudden start taking scholarships away and those kinds of things. That isn't always the most comfortable thing to do. But there may be a time this spring or summer where people, the conversations take place and, you, you know, maybe they aren't a fit, and it may be time to move on. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but certainly there are players in the program that have been playing and have contributed, and, and Mark knows who they are. He's coached against them, and I think the key thing is developing a relationship with those young people, and 
as quickly as possible, developing relationships with their families, making them feel comfortable about what their role is. But this is a process, and things will change. And with recruiting and with tra graduate transfers, things can all change. So it's kind of a, a, a working document here, and, and what's going on today may change tomorrow. And you just want to be on top of everything. But first and foremost, sit down with the players that are in the program, share with them your vision for the program, and let them know, listen, we're not making any decisions here. We, we need to go forward. He's certainly got guys in that program right now that he knows he wants to stay. I'm sure he'll share that with them. And then they'll move forward over the next month or two as this thing develops. BYU TV basketball analyst, former BYU basketball men's head coach, Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's a fair expectation for Mark Pope and this team in season number one? Well, I think expectation in terms of uh, winning and losing and expectation of, of setting up a foundation, you know, his foundation is that to have a really good recruiting year this year and to look to, to add one or two or three players that can make this a more complete team and a more competitive team in the WCC and a team that possibly could get to the postseason. A lot of those things, because sometimes what we haven't mentioned, sometimes players do leave as well. And so those are all kind of the unknowns. But I, I would think that they'll be very competitive. I went with Nick and TJ and Harding and Baxter and, and Wade. They've got kind of a, a solid nucleus there. Uh, they need more if they want to finish in the top two or three of this conference. And I think they'll recruit to that. Certainly, this is going to be a group of young people that are going to have a different experience. Every coach is different. But Coach Pope's got a lot of energy, and uh, he, he's, he's been around understands what it takes to develop the team. But I would think they'll be highly competitive next year. And depending on how recruiting goes in the next uh, 8 to 12 weeks, we'll determine whether it looks like there's someone that can compete in the top two or three or they're still building. I mean, that's just to be, to be determined. Do you feel like BYU needs a grad transfer or a JUCO guy to bolster this team, or do you think they'd be fine as is? No, they're not fine as they are. That they are not good enough right now as they are. And, and, you know, I think Harding's going to be a completely different player next year. I think he's going to make a, a big-time contributor. I, I think if Nick, I think, I think he'll be better next year. I think TJ's a senior. You know, Baxter, they'll all be better, and, and they'll be a better group together because of the next, what's going to happen the next six or seven months. But they need more than what they have. This is a league that has continued to get better. And, uh, and just, you know, no matter how good Gonzaga is, you still set goals to win a conference championship. And if Gonzaga is the top of this league, then, you know, there's not enough talent and experience in the program right now to beat Gonzaga. And so that's what you're recruiting to and getting to the NC2A tournament. So, yes, a grad transfer would be wonderful. Uh, a junior college transfer, an international player, if any of those things are possible, all of those things will help make this a better team and a better program starting off. Steve, great stuff. I hope you got your taxes done. If not, uh, you've got about 14 hours left to submit those. <laughs> I do have my taxes done, guys. Hey, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Take care. Steve, Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I think evaluating the roster is dependent on what your goals are. Like, do we think BYU is good enough to get into to the NIT right now? I think somewhere, yeah, but 
Steve's right. If you want to compete, be in, be in second place again, and sniff the NCAA tournament at all, they've got to add an impact guy yes. that's a double-digit score. Right now, I think they're good enough to get to the NIT and win 20 games. But if they want to go something more than that, they probably have to add a player. And two. that's probably blue goggled to a degree because they're losing Yoli Childs and not replacing them him. And th- we're thinking they're good enough to be in the NIT. So yeah, that, we're being pretty hopeful that Connor uh, Harding and Gavin Baxter and Take Jesse Wade are step. all really good, and that yeah. Nick Emery something, and that TJ Haas is the same or better, right? So I, I think an honest evaluation is probably they're the. They might be worse without Yoli, but I think we think they'll take a step forward. Coming up after the Cougars' first win in California this season, MPSF Freshman of the Year, Davide Gardini joins us. A throwback Monday as well. What did BYU sports look like in 2005? Why that year? Because that's the last time Tiger Woods won the Masters. This is BYU Sports Nation. What did the show look like? Oh, wait. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Tax Day. Also, Jackie Robinson Day across the major leagues. And Patriots Day. And Patriots Day. More on that in a moment. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with your headlines. Davide Gardini will join us in just a bit. Had 23 kills, a career-high five aces to lead BYU men's volleyball in a first-round victory at Stanford. Five-set thriller. BYU finally won a road game in conference. MPSF tournament play continues Thursday. BYU taking on the number one seed, Pepperdine. BYU softball finally played a home game and won all three against Pacific in league play with wins of 10-2, 11-8, and 11-1. Riley Jensen went 5 for 10 in three games with four RBIs and a home run. And Arissa Paulson hit a walk-off grand salami in game one of the series. Bases loaded, only one out in the bottom of the sixth. Paulson, this might end the game! Back to right center field, grand slam! Gotta love the eight-run rule after five. The Cougars host the Fighting Mark Madsons of Utah Valley tomorrow, 8 Eastern time on BYU TV Digital. BYU baseball on the other side of Miller Park beat Pepperdine 4-2 on Friday night, but dropped the final game of a three-game set, 7-0 on Saturday. The Cougars take the series two games to one despite Saturday's setback. The Batcats now open a three-game series against struggling Washington this week in Seattle beginning Thursday. And this just in, Jared Ward finished the Boston Marathon, part of Patriots Day celebrations in Boston. Eight overall yeah. with a time of two hours, nine minutes, and 25 seconds. Being sub-210 is a big deal for the Americans. It's been a while since they've done that. Second American to finish the race. Uh, Kenyans take seven of the top ten. Whoa. Jared Ward was the second non-Kenyan and second American. Whoa. Kenya dominates the marathon kind of like South Korea dominates the LPGA. Like, it's, is that what they do? Yes, that's what they do. It's crazy. It's what they do. That and short track speed skating. Yeah, unless your name is Paulo <laughs> Antonono. <laughs> don't mention that name to any South Korean. <laughs> I typically don't interact. Drama. With, drama. Drama. A ton, but when I do, I will remember Okay, not you will. To. Okay, yeah, yeah, just, please don't do that. I, it's for your own health. Yeah. It's for I, your own I safety. I haven't met a, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. Let's rewind to 2005. Why? Because Tiger Woods last won the Masters that year. April 05 in Augusta, he donned the green jacket. It was 14 years in between his victories. Mm. That is an all-time high in the history of the tournament, not surprisingly. But that made us think, what was the world of BYU sports like back in 2005? Do we have to do this? Yes. Okay. We do, we do have we, to do this. We have to. We are committed now, so uh, we're, we're into no, it. we're choosing. Jeremy, BYU football. <laughs> Remind the people what the Cougars were doing 
off of the 04 we, season going into spring football of 05. Again, do we have to? Uh, BYU went 5-6 and six in 04. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, lost to Utah, who went on to the, win the Fiesta Bowl. You know who was in his first year as head coach? Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, 04 was the last year of Gary Groton. And uh, twas not good enough, so there was a new ball coach in town. Bronco Mendenhall had not coached a game for BYU the last time Tiger Woods won He hadn't been a head coach at any level (laughs) until that moment. BYU men's basketball coming off of a 9-21 and season. This is mean considering who we had on last segment. And a first-round loss to New Mexico in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Steve Cleveland was that guest. That was his final year before he went back to Fresno State. Okay, women's hoops, 19-11. and 11. They were pretty good. They mm-hmm. lost to Gonzaga in the first round of the NIT. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, so l- late, later they would match up as league foes. Fun story. Uh, that was the year of my first sports beat as a reporter for the BYU Daily News. And my special oh. project was BYU women's basketball. Nice. There you go. It was special. Men's volleyball won the 2004 yes. national championship. Yeah. They were defending at this time in 05 that title. They would not defend it, but they won in 04. That was the last of three titles in six years. BYU took volleyball and the championships away from UCLA, who had this reign of terror forever. And uh, BYU came onto the scene, man, 99-0-104. BYU football did not beat Utah in 2004 or five. But what happened the year after that, which takes us to the countdown. Countdown to the youths. 136. 2005 presented an overtime thriller. BYU was close, but not on top. So That's not good enough. Michael Reed broke his arm diving yes, for the ball yes. in that play. And John Beck learned everything he needed to learn. To give himself more time in 06 to find your boy, Johnny Hurley. So has Zach Wilson learned everything he needed to learn? Was that the cost to get a win or two or three against the Utes? 136 mm-hmm. days away. Utah at BYU in Provo. Let's go. Our question of the day. Who is BYU's freshman of the year? A lot of you might think it's Zach Wilson, speaking of the devil. At Twiggerstone, speaking of the other... <laughs> Famous saying he, he in the English angel. language. Speaking from on of high. the angel. Should we, should we make that a thing for BYU? No. Speak Let's, of the angel. Yeah. <laughs> he got a cup, cup of postum. No. 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 They're like, go to break. This stinks. Our question Remedy for Breeze down here? This stinks. From Twiggerstone on Twitter, Shaley Gonzalez. BYU women's basketball team was not expected to win at the level they did. Shaley was a leader on the team and helped propel the team to the success they had. I agree wholeheartedly. There was some so does Karan Butler, apparently. Mm-hmm. Coming up, the hero of the volleyball MPSF quarterfinal win at Stanford Saturday, Davide Gardini joins us. What's the secret sauce for BYU to beat MPSF number one seed Pepperdine? Survive in advance again. This is BYU Sports Nation. Give him the ball. That's the answer. All right. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, a look at some of the best celebrations in Cougar sports. Watch it on Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, and YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Monday. This is our question of the day. Who is BYU's freshman of the year and why? At BYU Stew on Twitter, Shaley Gonzalez, one of the most fun teams to watch this year. Our next guest... Is flying under the radar on this question. Exactly. And to adequately set him up, we give you our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Davide Gardini of the men's volleyball team has 49 kills in the last 10 sets. That's uh, roughly 4.9 kills per Yes, let me, let me check, Jerem. Uh, yes, my tabulations have that as remarkable. I believe. Hold on. Let me put. Yep, 4.9. Yep, remarkable. Yep, exactly. Joining us in Studio B, Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Freshman of the Year, Davide Gardini. Welcome What's to up? the show. How you Thanks, doing? guys. Doing great. How are you? Great. Uh, you won on the road. In, in five, dramatic fashion. How are you yeah, feeling, man? Did. That was a huge win at Stanford. I feel great. Like, you know, it was hard. Winning on the road is always hard in, like, volleyball here in, in America. So just, like, we are, like, crazy, like, happy, but we got to do it again. So we're ready for it. You've got Pepperdine on Thursday. Now, you've already played there. What's the game plan as you go back to Malibu to take on the number one seed in the MPSF? <laughs> it's hard to say, honestly, like... We, we have to serve as we served, like, the last game. We served, like, really well. So if we can do that, we can. We have really good chances to win that game. So that's for sure. When well, we get you there. had five aces, so. Uh... I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, like, everybody served really well. So, yeah. Were, were you feeling it? Feeling it from the service line? Were yeah, like, I was. Oh, this is a good day? Yeah, I was. Like, Stanford is a really good place to serve. Like, this, the gym is really good. So, like, I was feeling it. First win in California this season. What does this do mentally for your team as you try and move forward in this tournament? Oh, that, that was huge. Uh, you know, we struggled a lot, like, this year winning on the road. That's not, a, that's not new. But, you know, people said that we cannot win on the road or things like that. So we knew we had to do it, like, that day because that was our last chance probably. Like, you know, we had to win on St- at Stanford. So we just went there and we, we said, like, do whatever it takes to win. And we did it. Like, you know, we just struggled, like, through injuries and stuff. But we tried to win and we did it. So that's it. Are you comfortable in a fifth set? There have been a lot of those this season. And, and you beat Stanford <laughs> for the second time, not only in the fifth set, but overtime of the fifth set. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, I was confident. You know, I try always to say confident. But I knew, like, it, was, it could go, like, either way, you know. So we, we just stayed positive, even though we were, like, down a little bit in some, certain moments. And, yeah, I thought when we were up, like, 14-11, we were really feeling it. And then we just, like, you know... Struggled a little bit. We came back. They came back, and by the end we won. So like that's fine. <laughs> Did Stanford uh, tip do the typical Stanford stuff? Their crowd was crazy. Oh yeah, Wild. it was way more than last time. There was a <laughs> bunch of like students in the student section without the t-shirts and screaming things. Italian like signs. So like I I loved it. <laughs> Stanford, Stanford is uh, renowned for being kind of the craziest road environment. So yeah. you survived it. Yeah, we congratulations. did. Congratulations, did. <laughs> did it. And congratulations on uh, winning MPSF Freshman of the Year. How did you find out about the award? Um, let me think. Uh, I think I was just like on Instagram. I just saw it somewhere. And, like, I know I was excited, obviously. I was happy. That's only the MPSF, so, you know, maybe, like, it's going to be something else. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say it's like, a, it's like a team award because I won it, but other guys, they won other awards. And that showed that we worked really hard this year and we achieved something. So that's, that's big. Did Gabi say, well... You know, I won that last year. And, uh, uh, I, did, and well, I, I won national newcomer there. <laughs> he didn't say anything, but I, I, I know he thinks that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he's your roommate, and so is uh, Felipe Gibrito Fejeda. Yep. What's the latest with the, uh, the most awesome set of roommates on campus? What do you mean? like? Uh, what, uh, any roommate drama uh, right now? Anybody not doing uh, the dishes, paying the utility bill? Yeah, Gabby got way better. 
That's it. That's a big now. Like he got better like doing dishes and cleaning the living room. So like we're getting better. So hopefully next year is gonna be even better. Yeah, yeah. How much do you attribute certain personalities versus culture of that country with each other? Because I imagine you give each other a hard time. Yeah, it does. Like you know, we're just different guys. We can relate to to some things to each other, but. You know, it's just fun to see things that they do and that we, and that I'm used to, and they're not. So we always make fun of each other. But at the end of the day, we're just huge friends. So that's it. <laughs> three, three tall dudes. Davide Gardini, MPSF Freshman of the Year for BYU Men's Volleyball, with us on BYU Sports Nation. When did you first hear about BYU, and how did you end up in Provo, Utah? Oh yeah, it was like two summers ago after a national tournament with with the Thailand national team, and a bunch of like college in America they contacted me and uh, BYU was one of them and you know my dad was here a bunch of years ago he visited BYU so I kind of knew about something I didn't know about the church and a lot of things so at the end I just came here for the official visit and I think that was the moment when I realized I want to come here because volleyball is a big thing and the coaching staff is they're working on what I want to work on so I just felt it it was the right place to be. Has that been validated this season? Was there a moment when you were playing where you thought, yeah, this was totally worth it? Uh, yeah, it was. Obviously, when we played as Miffy Dows, I always feel like that. It's like, that's, that's worth it. You know, all those people. But other than that, even in practice and in some moments, even when we were struggling, I knew it was going to be worth it because, like, you got to go through certain moments to, like, you know, at the end win or be a good, better player. So I feel like it was worth it. Yeah. You're a big basketball fan. We were talking during the break about uh, your NBA uh, mm-hmm. fascination. Who's your favorite team, and who's going to win the NBA Finals? So my favorite team is Houston. I'm a, <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a James Harden fan, okay. you know. So okay. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think like Golden State is like for sure the best team, but I think Houston is going to give them a hard time probably, and Milwaukee for sure. Okay. Conference, okay. so yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> begun, which is very exciting. Yeah, it is. And this goes out to the whole country, not just Utah. Yeah. So you're good. You're good. There's some jazz fans on the crew going, yeah, so I'm careful sorry. as you walk I'm out, sorry, we'll take you but... a certain way. Yeah, How, how's school going for you? Because I had a hard enough time at BYU in English, mm-hmm. speaking English is my okay. first language, uh-huh. but in, in your second language, how's it going? Finals um, are next week, right? Yeah, it was like rough. The first year was rough, the first semester, but at the end, I got good grades because I was like, you know, focus on more on school than volleyball, you know, I had more time. Now that we're in season, it's a little bit harder, honestly. But I think I'm I'm doing well, doing good enough. It's just hard, but you can we can manage it. So, what's your hardest class? Uh, marketing. This marketing. semester was marketing, but not too hard. It's just like you gotta study a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck next week. And Thank then, uh, you. Classes end Wednesday. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then finals. Let's give you some karma for finals for the <laughs> match against Pepperdine. Yeah. Thursday night. So I imagine you leave Wednesday, and yeah, you're gonna we'll leave, leave during morning. finals week. Yeah. So that's fun. It's managing be fun. that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that's an fun. interesting definition of fun, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good luck against Pepperdine, and congrats again on the uh, freshman of the year award. Thank you very much, guys. We look forward to potentially the national freshman of the year. We'll we'll see, right? See, I don't know. Even with Gabby, yeah. (laughs) Coming up, Tiger who? How did Peter quest for perfection do over the weekend? And the karma says knock you out in a rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. David Garden. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Monday and a shout out to today's guests, Steve Cleveland and Davide Gardini. David Garden. No, Davide Gardini is a beautiful name. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. Show's on demand via podcast or the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Cougars beat Stanford in five sets Saturday night, 16-14 in overtime to keep the season alive in the MPSF quarterfinals. Davide Gardini had 23 kills, a career-high five aces. BYU at Pepperdine Thursday in the MPSF semis. Softball. BYU finally played a home game, Jerem. It only took eight weeks and 35 contests on the road, but they made the most of it, winning all three against Pacific in West Coast Conference play. 10-2, 11-8, and 11-1, BYU hosting the Fighting Mark Madsons of Utah Valley tomorrow at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain. You can watch that on BYU TV. Baseball. Cougars beat Pepperdine 4-2 Friday to win the series, then lost 7-0 Saturday. BYU plays the three-game series at Washington out of league starting Thursday. Cougars in the minors. Michael Rucker pitched three scoreless innings, struck out four in a 7-6 double-A. Tennessee Smokies win over the Birmingham Barons. And Colton Shaver had an RBI double in the high-A Fayetteville Woodpeckers 6-4 win over the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Don't we have a Pelicans now? Shaver has an RBI in four of the last five games. High A, Fayetteville, Woodpeckers, Myrtle Beach, Pelicans. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor Cole picked up his second save of the season on Saturday for the AAA Salt Lake Bees. 4-3 win over the Sacramento Rivercats. Sports. Jared Ward finished the Boston Marathon eighth overall with a time of two hours, nine minutes, 25 seconds. Second fastest American in the race. Mm. Cougars in the PGA. Honorary Cougar Tony Finau finished tied for fifth at the Masters. Play the Pelican again. Shooting 11 under par for the tournament. Finau was in the final group Sunday with Tiger Woods, who won shooting 13 under for the tourney. 2003 champion and former Cougar Mike Weir failed to make the cut. Jerem? Golf. In the final round of the Thunderbird Collegiate on Saturday, BYU's golf team, uh... Peter Quest hit 400, tied for the best score of the round. Overall, he tied for 16, shot 100. I can't hear you. BYU finished. BYU finished 12th as a team. And ah. lost the Cougar Classic starting Friday. <laughs> I want to do Vern Lundquist where he's just like, really low and slow. Yeah. Yeah. We're still going. Cougars in pro hoops. Charles Abuo scored 14 points Friday in an 84-73 Blois. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Blois. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. They lost to Vichy Clermont in France. In France. Eric Mika put up 17 points, seven boards in a 90-81 Beirut loss to EWE Baskets in Germany. Yeah. Yes. Tennis. I'm guessing it's Bloy, but I don't know. We'll have to have a French speaker tell us. Need our, research, our French research team on that. On to tennis. The women's team lost Friday to LMU and had another setback on Saturday against eighth-ranked Pepperdine. Number 38, men's tennis lost to LMU 4-2 Friday and then lost 4-3 to Pepperdine Saturday. The match on Saturday concluded the regular season. Now it's the West Coast Conference Tournament starting April 24th. Rugby. The BYU men's team beat UCLA 50-12 in the round of 16 playoffs. The Cougars play... One of their old rivals, St. Mary's, in the quarterfinals. And former Cougar Josh Whippy scored a try in the Utah Warriors' 28-19 loss to Nola Gold in Major League Rugby. Lacrosse. The women's team won the region against Colorado 12-5. They're headed to Nationals. Congratulations. Very cool. Very nice. Our question of the day, who is BYU's freshman of the year and why? At Triple Crown Coug on Twitter says, it's great that Zach Wilson has brought some hope to the football program, but from a pure athletic competition standpoint, Gonzalez had the biggest impact on her team and achieved the most with her team. Shaley all the way. I would say impact, yes, achieved the most. No, Heather Knighting. 
achieved the most. Janet E. Taylor on Instagram, Heather Knighting, National Freshman of the Year, traveling with USA Volleyball to Japan. Actual victory. There you go. The great news is there were a bunch of freshmen that had major impacts on their team. And that's yeah. the hope is that every yeah. year you're stuffing these awesome freshmen in to the point where you're like the volleyball team. You're surrounded with a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. You inject this player in. Was she the reason BYU went to the Final Four? Perhaps, perhaps not. It was the team that got to the Final Four, right? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Jack Zumwalt on Instagram. Zach Wilson, he gives hope and passion and energy to the BYU football team and the whole fan base. He's the reason why BYU will be national champions in the next three years. Hashtag not blue goggles. What? National champions? There aren't enough blue goggles on this desk to put on top of each other to make that a reality. three years, really? I'll Blue take one alert. 10 win season. That's what I want. Blue How about BYU just finishes yeah. the season ranked? Holy cow. I just want to beat Utah right now. I'm keeping it simple. Today's rise and shout outs. For me, I'm going in the ring, Jerem. A man with the BYU Sports Nation karma. Brian Keel taking on Boo Anderson and knocking him down multiple times. I mean, we're talking sheer dominance for Brian Keel at FitCon as he takes down the Ute. Incredible performance. <laughs> it, it he did take, well. It didn't, the dude can box and down goes Anderson. That was awesome. My rising shout-out goes to the one of the biggest BYU fans out there, Jack Rose, the late father of Dave Rose, who passed away Saturday, where that morning you and I were emceeing the Cougs versus Cancer Rexy Lee run. About 8.45 a.m., we invited Dave and Cheryl Rose onto the stage. They encouraged runners to run for someone you love and keep fighting to raise money for cancer research. They then found out that Jack had passed about 10 minutes later. I feel like the timing of most things in life is somewhat coincidental. But the fact that Jack, who battled cancer himself, lived long enough to see the entirety of his son's run as the most successful head coach in BYU history, Mm. and it happened while they were encouraging others to help fight cancer and remember them, well, I don't think that was a coincidence. Rest in peace, Jack Rose. Uh, Always appreciated him. Always greeted me with such a warm smile. What a great man from a great family. So our best to the Rose family. Conversation continues 24-7, anytime, hashtag BYUSN, and our shout-out to the Rose family. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Go Kooks!